Hack and brew crew, hack and brew crew. Welcome to the Main Hike and Brew Crew podcast. This is a special edition flashback episode. When the pandemic lockdown started in 2020, I did a series of video nightly toasts for my friends and family members on Facebook Live. Earlier videos featured songs on the guitar. As the pandemic stretched into the summer, I wanted to try something else, so I did a video series about what else? Drinking beer. Just as a heads up, these episodes were recorded on a single iPhone, and I uh, downloaded the audio from my own Facebook page, so it's not necessarily the best quality, particularly when I have a guest, but I still think you'll find them insightful, or at least entertaining. In the first segment, I discuss Belgian wit beers and German Heifenweizens, as well as I talk about the German purity law and the age-old Bavarian State Brewery make a reference to some IPAs tasting like an object that I'm holding in my hand, which obviously you will not be able to see listening to the podcast. It's a pine branch. Otherwise, I hope you'll enjoy. Good evening. Just, that was just a little intro music. Uh, doing something a little bit different tonight, and hopefully get some people tuning in real quick. It's hard to see in this mode if people are turning in, but I'm going to try to make sure my guitar doesn't go flying and crash. That'd be bad. So, how's everybody on this beautiful, beautiful Saturday night? If I don't catch you earlier, live, hopefully you say hi later. Cheers, by the way. Cheers. Um, We are still doing toasts. As you know, I did about 50 straight nights of... Of tunes and and uh, toasts when the uh, pandemic got it started. I took a little break at the start of May and did an occasional one. And then last week, after a long, like almost a couple months, about a month and a half or so, I came back and I did a couple tunes. Well, I'm going to kind of take a little different tact. I said, well, we're still kind of at home. I know some things are opening up over the summer and people are able to do some things, but it's not quite the same as as before the level we're able to get out and get together so why why not stay home drink a beer or a couple and say hi to everybody out there in facebook land so again cheers we made it through another week um if you haven't figured it out i'm in selfie mode that's why everything is written is backwards it's i'm not dyslexic or anything it's just the uh, camera turns it around and so tonight we're gonna talk a little bit about beer oh someone's tuned in i can't see who it is it's probably my wife at this point hi Aaron. if it's or if it's somebody else i'm trying to see if i can see the chat line i don't know rotate your phone it says and they're always updating the facebook there's two people all right whoever you are i can't see who you are i can't see the dialogue maybe write a note if you get a chance i can't see anything at this point cheers by the way oh anyway so if you're out there Hope you're having a great Saturday night. So, this little series I'm going to do, we'll see how long it goes. Tonight might be a little bit longer than normal, but just so I can explain it, it's just a way to get together online, have fun. And uh, I I will kind of be doing this in a way as if somebody, um, you know, doesn't 
I'll assume whoever's watching the way... Uh, anyway, I'll be displaying it as somebody's new to beer. So obviously some people might tune in. If you like beer and you like beer a lot and you have your own two cents about what's good and what's not, feel free to tune in and make your comments because hopefully there's some stuff to chit-chat with you guys about too. But anyway, um, again, it is a weekly toast, so cheers. We do that a lot. All right, so the question I have to ask the general audience is, do you like beer? Um, I know there's there's a lot of people out there. Oh, Austin. Hey, there's the first person I can actually see who, who pops up. Hi, Austin. Cheers, by the way. I'll have you play Guess the Beer in a moment if you're the only one there. Oh, three people watching. A lot of people out there, and their experience with beer is, A, they drank it in college, if not earlier, and, uh, you know, they drink, you know, Bud Light and Bud, Coors, that kind of thing, social gatherings. Maybe they haven't drunk much since. Um, you know, your, your, your alcohol is limited to maybe you drink wine instead, mixed drinks or, or whatever. That, um, you might have the occasional you know, Miller Lite if one's available at a social function. Uh, or maybe you drink uh, domestic, quote-unquote, domestic beer a little bit more regularly, but you don't really drink too much in the, in the um, you know, in the craft department. And uh, so maybe your experience with doing something beyond Bud Light or Coors is you went to, you went to a tap room with somebody, you know, somebody, somebody else. They dragged you along, and you didn't know what you get, and so you get what they got, and it ended up tasting like this. Okay, we'll talk about IPAs a little bit, um, a little bit later down. Um, you didn't know quite what you wanted, and so it's like, yeah, I'll just stick to my Bud Light or whatever when I have the occasional beer. So, and uh, you know, I, I'm I will make fun of IPAs a lot, and I like to make fun of the people who drink them a lot. But in all serious, if you like IPAs, nothing wrong with that. I like IPAs once in a while. Um, there's actually some IPA styles that I really, really like once in a while. And maybe we'll chit-chat about some of these. And, and by the way, if you're still watching, cheers. Again, we're going to do that frequently. Again, this is the gathering of toast. Um, so, drink whatever you like. If I say I don't like something, that's obviously you might like it. So, no no judgment. And don't be afraid to try try things. I kind of steer people... I might steer a new beer drinker in one direction to try something first, but if you, you're feeling adventurous, you go out to a tap room or you go to the liquor store and something looks interesting, the worst case is you buy it you don't like it. It's not the end of the world. And uh, anyway, yes. So also, a couple more ground rules. You don't have to spend tons of money on the beer. Hi, Frank. You don't have to spend tons of money on beer. Um, there's a lot of things that you can spend a reasonable amount of money, not, you know, some of the things I show, like the two beers I get tonight, I bought like a tall boy or a big bottle for three bucks. Not as, ex, you know, not as cheap as like buying a 30 rack for 20 bucks, but, you know, it's still pretty good and you can still okay in the money department and, you know, you can, you can try something new. And of course, you know, I, you don't have to drink tons of beer to enjoy it. You can get you know, that three, three and a half bottle of Weston Hyper, I'll be showing a little bit and, uh, you know, have a, have a decent time, have a couple of glasses and have a decent night, you know, for half the cost of you paying one beer in a restaurant. So anyway, anyway, and of course drink responsibly. So, uh, the two, I have two beers I wanted to showcase tonight, um, for maybe new people that want to try drinking fancy beer for the first time. They want to, you want to expand your palate. Beyond, you know, Bud Light, 
or Budweiser, you know, those types of beer, but you don't sure, you know, and maybe the beers that you've tried to expand before, you know, they're very heavy and, and you know, they're, they're too chewy for you. So I, I have a couple different ones. Uh, Belgian wit beers, or wheat, you know, translates to white beer, um, and German Heffenweisers. They're actually technically, they're both, um, they're technically both ales. Talk a little bit about that maybe tomorrow night, the difference. Um, and they, these tend to be lighter and refreshing, but they're in, they're not so offensive to, you know, somebody's palate. If you really haven't ex drunk a lot of beer and, you know, there's not a lot of hoppiness to it and we'll learn about hoppiness, but, uh, Belgium ales can be a lot of fun. Uh, you can get, you can, you can, there's a whole spectrum of Belgian ales from the wit beer. And I'll talk about this one a little bit and, uh, which is low alcoholic value, um, low alcoholic value to it. Um, there's a, uh, you know, there's, it's got some spiciness, but it's very mellow. Um, all the way up to things that are like really rich, multi, uber spiced, and even very super high alcohol contact. Anywhere from like eight, nine, ten, and way, way up alcohol value. So you can go. There's a pretty wide spectrum of Belgium, but. Um, the Belgian whites are, ge are generally pretty low alcohol value, uh, low alcohol volume. You know, this, this Allagash white, uh, is only five to 5.2%. Um, and, uh, it's a good intro. And, um, just, the uh, in Maine, um, we were very fortunate. We have the Allagash company, um, which not, not just doesn't have Allagash white. There's a whole gamut of beers that they do fancy, um, Belgian males. Um, but this one is very popular in Maine. And actually, I didn't realize until a few years ago how popular it was outside of the state of Maine. I had some friends in New Jersey where they were going to host us for dinner and brought them a four-pack of Allagash White, figuring, oh, bring them something they may not have seen before. And they're like, oh, no, we found it. It's great. So, um, no, it's a good one. It's a good one. And uh, just kind of look at the Belgium uh, Whitbear style. This is from craftbeer.com. It's brewed using unmalted wheat, sometimes oat malted barley. What beers are spiced with coriander, which is a kind of like a spice you can find in the garden, and orange peel, a style that dates back hundreds of years. Um, and it fell relatively into the obscurity until it was revived in the 1960s by some dude by Ch uh, Pierre Chisilis. This style is currently enjoying a renaissance in the American market. Wit, of course, means white, very refreshing, good for summer, and you can show up at almost any party where somebody likes crafty beer, and if you brought if you brought this, they would know what it is, and they would probably, probably like it. They'd probably try to take some from you and drink it. So if you wanted to fit in, it's a very easy way uh, to do that. I'm drinking some out of this tall boy tonight. Again, you can see very, uh, very light. There is a little bit of a haziness to it. It's not like your uh, Pilsners or other other things like that. Um, and obviously, it has a little bit of you know has that little bit of that orangey and spice taste, but very refreshing. It's not what would you say chewy, and there's not a lot of hot tops in beer make it taste really bitter um, or more bitter. So, that's that's one kind of beer. We're going to try a different kind of beer. And 
And uh, so tonight we're going to try, if I can pronounce it right, uh, Weihenstefaner. And of course, you're going to read the, you are going to read the writing back, backwards. Um, but this is one, it's pretty common, and you'll see this in a lot of liquor stores. We get this at Boot and Topsum. Um, there was another fancy place in town, or the place wasn't fancy. It had a lot of fancy beers. Um, they had, a, you know, a lot of these. Again, this was like less than $3.50. This is a German uh, Heffenweiser. Not different, different, slightly different genre than the uh, the Belgian Whip, but very similar in a lot of ways. Um, arguably, one of the most recognizable beers because of you know again there's there's some haziness to it. Although this one's a little, oh no, it's got haziness. You can't see it all the way through it. Um, it's a German style Heffenweiser, um, and the wheat beer breaks from the German beer mold, showcasing. Yeast-driven fruit and spice, as well as an eye-catching mystique. Don't let the, the cloudy Heffenweiser, Heffenweiser, I put an end in there for no reason, deter you this beer is one of the world's most enjoyable styles of beers for geeks, neophytes, neophyte means new person to something, um, new at a subject. Uh, the refreshing qualities of this highly carbonated style have kept it alive for centuries, and uh, there's a couple notes. Um, again, light and refreshing. Some some flavor, not a lot of hoppiness. We'll try some. Um, again, nice mellow flavor, but also has some has some spicy you know, spiciness uh, to it to give it a little flavor. Very very relaxing. Uh, very nice on the tummy. Um, so. Uh, you know, a couple notes. This is this. I'm going to have a couple notes of the actual on the actual beer name. Um, so a little bit about this brand of Heffenweiser. These days, brewers put so many greens into beer um, that it, it does, which does result in a wonderful complex flavor profile. On the other hand, there's definitely something to be said for the elegance of using simple, straightforward ingredients which results in something so incredibly tasty. I think this is from taptakeover.com. All you need to do is taste the Weissenstaffen, I can't pronounce it, never, um, Heifweiss beer, and look no further to their logo, in which the, the year 1090 to know you're drinking a great classic beer. But it makes a note here. One may be inclined to add a citrus slice to the beer, be it an orange or a lemon. Thanks to brewers such as Blue Moon, who have made it a standard thing to do uh, for European wheat beers. Do not do that with any German Heifenweiser. So this one, you don't have to... Sometimes you'll go into a bar, There's some. there are some brands that... Blue Moon, I'm trying to think the other one, Shock, maybe it might be Shock Top. They encourage you to drink a... You know, put an orange in it. Um, this one, you don't have to do that. Um, there's enough... Or there's enough spice in it that it sells itself. You don't have to mix it up. Kind of, kind of some cool things about the brewery. I, I will make this note. So we had a wit beer today, and we had a Heifweiser today, or Heifenweiser, however you pronounce it. Um, a lot of times, if you there, there's a lot of um, there's a lot of craft breweries that are starting to do it. And what I'm, I kind of find with the German styles and the craft 
breweries do it. They they have some really good ones, but they um, they accentuate some of the sourness a little bit more. And I don't exactly. Whereas this is a little bit more mellow. Um, you know, if you go and I think um, I think uh, what's that brewery Harpoon? I think did like a hyphen wise, and there's some other ones. Um, and there's some craft places that do um, that do Kulsas, um, another German lager style. And they, if you if you get those here and buy from a craft brewery, they tend to be tartar. Um, if you want it to be a little less tart, a little bit more mellow, this is a great brand. Again, dirt, really, relatively as far as fancy beers go, it's dirt cheap. I mean, three again, three dollars fifty cents for this, less than that. Um, very mellow so if you're not used to drinking very strong flavored beer but you want to try to get in something a little bit of flavor that's a good way to do that all right so some cool things about the brewery um there's references to beer brewing at the monastery in the town of wehen stefaner i never pronounce it going back to 768 not 1768 768 um, the brewery itself began in 1040. I think it's the old Brosby. Yeah, the world's oldest brewery. In the year 1516, Duke Wilhelm IV of Bavaria, on the steps of the brewery, issued the Bavarian Purity Law for brewing beer, which is still a thing in Germany. And that's basically how beer is supposed to be made. Uh, you actually, if you brew beer in Germany, you actually have to follow those rules. It's not just the standard of what, you know, they called, you know, the purity law. It's you actually have to follow it if you're a German brewer. Um, you can import, they can import like Budweiser and other things, but they cannot make anything like Budweiser there. That's actually against the law. And that's actually, yeah, you know, that's a law I can, I can support. If you really want Budweiser, go to America to get it. If you really want really good Heifenweiser, you know, stay in Germany or get it from Germany. Um, in 1852, the Central Agricultural School from some other German city moves to Wehenstefaner and with it, their brewing students. This school would later be elevated to the University for Agriculture and Brewing in 1919, training brewers from all over the world, um, the brewery itself is known as the Bavarian State Brewery. So there you have it. Uh, learn a little bit more. You know, take that stuff, write a couple notes. Oh, I didn't make my joke about IPAs tonight. Um, but, you know, again, very relaxing beer. Um, so a little bit of ice. Um, something I'm, something I, I'm not gonna, not gonna do too much of from the, at the beginning of this series is talk of, about craft beers too much. Um, and it's only cause I'm trying to give people kind of a point of reference to get started. Craft brewery, um, major thing, great thing. Awesome. You know, we have craft breweries all over the place. Uh, I went to one today and there was actually a lot of German styles to it. Um, really good. Um, but craft breweries can be all over the map in terms of style. They're always mixing things, you know, they're, you know, they're trying, they're merging styles, they're putting things in beer that you might not have thought to put in beer before and, 
Um, that's all well and good, but if you're trying to like introduce something into beer, it's kind of hard to use those um, as a place starting point of reference. Um, but here's my tip tonight. If you don't drink a lot of crafty beer, um, but you want to try to pretend to fit in, you're at a conference or something, and there's a bunch of people talking about, oh, I went to this brewery last weekend, or I went to that brewery last weekend, and um, you want to kind of quickly sneak in and make them think that you're in on that too. Um, not that you have to, but um, basically when they say Brewery X, I went to Smith Jones Brewery. All you have to do is say, oh, um, they have a decent IPA. You may have never been there, tried AP, IPA in your life, but just a little tip, every brewery has their own IPA. And a lot of the people who go to breweries tr purposely seek out the IPA. Um, if you tried it yourself, you might, for the first time, you would like think, oh my God, I'm tasting this, pine. Um, you know, it's an acquired taste, but that's just my little helpful hint for tonight. But other than that, um, if you tune in now, you tune in later, again, cheers. Um, hope you're having a great Saturday. Again, um, feel free to make comments. Uh, I'm going to do a much shorter one tomorrow night with a couple things. But I just wanted to say hi to people. And uh, hope you're taking care of yourselves. Take care of each other. Have a great evening. In this second segment, I discuss darker lagers and feature Shinerbach, Sam Adams, and Von Wolshausen, which I know I just discussed in episode two. My wife Erin, who only drinks Coors Light, joins me for this segment and offers her own colorful opinions. Oh, bless you. All right. We're on. Good evening, Facebook land, whether you catch us live or you catch us later. Uh, we hope um, hope you're having a great night. And uh, first, we're going to do a little... I am here with my lovely bride, Erin, and we're going to do a little uh, toast. Cheers. Ching ching. We made it another day. Made it another day. And uh, so I brought Erin along so we can attempt to do a little test. Um, but uh, hope, hope you're all doing well. So I have um, lined up the usual suspects. The usual suspects. Yeah, I think Kevin Spacey's on the end. All right. Gabriel so Burns. yeah. So we have Kevin we have Pollock. some we have some different beers here, and Aaron is gonna guess which one is a lager and or which ones are laggers and which ones. Are ales, if any. They could be all laggers, could be all ales, could be a mix of both. They could be all disgusting. Erin, sure. by the way, probably won't like it. She does not have the same beer taste. So I'm gonna have, Erin, uh, what do you think this one here is? If you wanna taste it, you can, or if you just wanna judge by looking, sniffing it. Ale or lager? Alright, what do you think about? What? What? Why do I think that? 
Um, Poppy apparently, I don't know, maybe Poppy disagrees. What do you think kind of that one is? Oh. Yeah, I'm just going to have you do it real quick because we're... I don't know. I don't know. If you just had to do a quick... You thought that one's a nail? Sure. Okay. What do you think that one is? Disgusting liar. <laughs> so, Aaron's not a huge fan of this. Aaron is not a big crafty or fancy beer fan. Oh my gosh, she, oh my God, she's right. drinking her drink. I <laughs> anyway, hope you're doing well. To answer your uh, to answer the question, all of these are laggers. Believe it or not, um, a common misconception is that you know laggers are all you know kind of light um, and. Ales are all kind of heavier, and that is absolutely. And you have both of us. Aaron wants me. Here. All right. <laughs> this is crazy. It's okay. all gr gross. My sister's watching. She's not a big fan. Uh, Amen. All right. Yes. I may have to kick you all out of this project. All right. Good job, Marilee. All right. So you may think of a lager is light colored or or kind of. You know, has that light taste like uh, uh, Bud Light or Budweiser, and an ale is a little bit chewier. But really, the only difference is, ales and lagers are made using different strands of yeast. Uh, so we put lagers are brewed using bottom fermenting strains of yeast. So if you like lagers, I guess you're bottom feeders, I don't know. Um, held at colder temperatures around 40 to 52 Fahrenheit, while ales are brewed with a top fermenting yeast. Um, uh, at uh, warmer temperatures, 55 to 75 degrees. That simple. Um, and so, reason I kind of bring up, I'm going to bring up and show off some laggers tonight, is because I think there's a lot, there's a lot more variety in laggers than people think. People think Pilsner. You think Budweiser. You think maybe German Pilsners, and and there really is a lot of variety within that um, within that genre. And actually, and just to clarify, last night I showed two ales, which ale, um, which were lighter, kind of a little bit lighter, not very hoppy ales, which people wouldn't think of ales. They might guess those were laggers. So, um, and the, and the king, I think the kings of different of of the lager styles, obviously the Germans, they do lots of different darker flavorful laggers so we're gonna show off something this first one here by the way i'm gonna give that to aaron you can toast the rest of that because that feature uh that feature was uh cores light <gasps> so anyway i got my wife yeah that'll go nice with so the other yeah laggers can include pilsner and adjunct american um lager like budweiser and such but also box Dunkles and Kolsch's, and uh, so first up we got a we got a Bach, uh, we got Shiner Bach. That one tastes nasty. Not necessarily the most traditional uh, German Bach, but this is a very popular one here in the states. Um, you can find it at most most liquor stores, especially after the last few years. Um, little story about Shiner Bach. I used to be a professional in the Boy Scouts. <gasps> And uh, and I think Matt Randall can kind of tell you the same story. Coors Light is gross. Drink a meal, <laughs> boosh. 
Except Mark. Yep, Mark is teasing us on our beer choice. So, okay. by the way, cheers, Mark. Mark. I'm now chasing. This is for Mark. And exclusively for Mark. Yeah. So, Scheinerbach, yeah, is a big thing down in Texas. There was a bunch of German immigrants that moved to Shiner, Texas, set up a brewery, and they brought their uh, style with them. And I remember I walked around uh, Texas State Fair enjoying a nice Shiner. Um, both Randall and I, Matt Randall and I, um, noticed that when we were down there, this is actually one of the cheaper beers. And it's and and um, so it's, it looks like looks like this when you pour it. It's nothing finer. But than it's a China. Nothing finer about a China. You sure that God, didn't come you from guys, Maine? Yes, two of you could have came up with that one. Yeah. So this is a very. It has a little bit more flavor than a lot of beers that you would think are American. Um, technically, it, I'm not sure if it's a microbrew or not. If um, if it's just brewed in Shiner, technically it'd be a microbrew. It may be they may um, have sold the license to sell it in some other places. Um, but if you drink it, it I mean, it kind of ties back to your American lager, but a little bit more flavor, a little browner. Um, so. No, cheers. It's it's a good safe beer. If you showed up, this is, yeah. Well, if you showed up at a party, a lot of beer drinkers would drink that beer, but it's not too quote unquote chewy. It's not too too hoppy. So if you're new near to new to beer drinking, um, you know it'd be a very pleasant beer to drink, and that that's if a good. If you had no taste buds. Yeah, Aaron does not like beer, so just. I. So. I like. Next up, this one, this is another one that is easy to get. I don't know. I don't know if you actually So easy to get, you have to walk across the Yeah, I had to walk all the way over the barbecue. This is Sam Adams. Hey, I know him. Yeah, that dude. That dude Santa, and he was a son of liberty and he made good beer. No, that one tasted nasty too. Um so this is another so if if you brought this one to a party people would hate you most of the beer drinkers that people that weren't drinking whatever the heck you were drinking out of that cosmo glass um it's a martini glass. martini glass whatever um most beer drinkers would drink it they if you they they would know it it's pretty you can find it in any gas station or grocery store that sells beer it's all over the place it's you pretty know why because we live in New England. We live in New England. And it's brewed down road in our... In Boston. South Maine. Boston. Boston. It's made in Boston, but it, and, and you know, it's got a good color. It's got a rich flavor. Still tastes nasty. But, it, you know, very refreshing. It does have a little bit of spice to it that you would... I would what? You would expect with a German, you know, kind of a German style beer. It does have a little well, you bit. You know why? Why? Maybe the Hessians stuck their fingers in it while oh. it was brewing. But it's also, you know, it has a little hint of hops. Where I think where maybe the Shiner Bog doesn't. Tastes nasty. Well, you should have been here for Heifenweizen nice. There was no, there's not hot hops in that stuff. You'd like it better. But we already did Heifenweizen and Whit Beer Night. That was last night. Oh. So. And tomorrow again. night be girl beer night. We'll have a girly beer. No, you can do girly beer night. So, this again, this is another lager that people Mark can host it. often think are is an ale. It's a it's a and it's a good lager. And the lagers, even though they taste heavier, they tend to taste 
not heavier, but a little bit more quote unquote chewy like ales. They still seem a lot easier going down and smoother. Um, so that's that. And then uh, the last one I wanted to feature tonight is I mentioned yesterday I went to brewery. I did not say which brewery it was. How do you come you keep putting these in front of me? Mm, you know. If I want to smell nastiness. Like... All right. Actually, this is backwards on the selfie cam, but what it is, this is Von Volshelsen. And this is from the Trinken Brewery just down the road from us in West Bath. Around the corner, they have Lucky a nice little, yes. nice little tap room. They do a lot of German-style beers. Well, a lot, like five of their seven beers are German-style beers. Um, and this is a Dunkel. And this is another style of lager. Although technically, I was doing a little research. Uh, Dunkels actually originally were brewed as ale, but it they started brewing them as laggers instead and actually i think they're still you can find so them. i was right but this one is a by lager. definition of historic information most I was right most dunkles are going to be laggers and this has a lot a very rich sweet still mild but rich and sweet kind of a little bit more malty on the flavor and uh, again another easy going beer if you're not into hoppy hoppy but you want to try to expand your palate you know a, a dunkel um is, is good whether you get the whether you get the ale kind or a lager kind um but yeah this this brewery um drinking down the road in west bath very good a lot do of the they have a website or yes or it's probably whatever. like drinking.com or whatever that's probably gonna leave them some crazy naughty site drinking.com drinking.com after dark you know yeah no, that, uh, looked like a good fa friendly family family friendly establishment. No, um, yes, take all your kids to the brewery. There is a hot dog stand outdoor, and I did this. There were some people taking their kids for hot dogs after like church or whatever they were going to. Um, but uh, a lot of the craft breweries uh, don't do a lot of German stuff. I mean, I uh, kind of made a joke last night about how every craft brewery does at least one um, IPA. And the other one, they commonly like, okay, there's at least an IPA and a stout. Um, they may have a German from time to time, but this one had like four or five actual Germans, and, and they, they made it the focus. So if you like German beer, and you want to see how it works out with craft beer, uh, Von Trinken's a good one. Uh, we'll try to maybe focus, showcase some beer, some, some other local breweries coming up. But this is a really good, um, flavorful beer. And here are some ways, if you want to... Expand your palate a little bit and not get too, not get too crazy or over, over, overwhelm your taste buds. Then Coors Light is the way to go. Then uh, some of the darker lagers are the way to go. So cheers. Hope you're having a great night. And for this last segment about porters and stouts, again, I apologize that the audio for my guests is not that great, but I did want to include it because it does have 
co-host, Owen McGuire, along with Aaron again, who uh, is definitely not a fan of porters and stouts, but makes an honest try in trying to differentiate the Guinness Draft from the Murphys. Good evening from Brunswick, Maine. And so, cheers, and let me flip the thing here. We're trying to do this with a little social distancing here. There's a cheers. Special guest, Owen McGuire. Special guest, Aaron Moore. So, yeah. Uh, we are doing our, I don't know, fourth or fifth quarantine-friendly toast, learn about beer edition. And uh, so, you know, if you're going to talk about something, you need to bring an expert in. And Owen is Irish. That's as close so, as we get to an expert. So that makes him an expert, especially on the beer uh, the beer uh, type that we're doing tonight. We're doing uh, porters and stouts. Um, wanted to kind of do a more general UK, but this Labor Day weekend, the fine people bootleggers had the weekend off. I, I would say they've earned it because they were open all pandemic. Uh, or, cheers or, to our friends. Cheers. Boys. Yeah, so they've they've definitely earned it. There were there were less places with multi beer open, so we we kind of focus in on the uh, the porters and the stouts. Uh, porter is a style of beer that was developed in um, London. Owen's going to argue it was protect, uh, perfected by the Irish. You do realize we, it's still showing Owen, right? We, we, we don't. Yeah, that's fine. Hmm. That's fine, dear. We I can... didn't know if you were looking for his reactions. Or that, for it's fine, dear. If they can look at your... Live broadcast. You have to deal with the... Live... You have to deal with the, the production crew. Um, yeah, it was, it was uh, developed in London. And in the early 18th century, it uh, was well hopped, dark, dark in appearance, and uh, due to its brown malt... And that's gonna. There's gonna be a big adjustment that comes up, and it got its name because of its popularity um, with street and river porters. I guess what people that were like bring, merchants that were bringing stuff yep. in and out. Those porters, almost like those carnies, you know, those those sailors, dirty sailors, brought you know drinking their bird, dirty dark beer, um, but had a lot of character. So tonight uh, we're drinking some uh, Sam Smith um, oatmeal stout. Aaron is not drinking. She's drinking this foo-foo uh, foo -foo cocktail, but she's joining us in spirit. Uh, we are drinking some Sam Smith. You can find this at most liquor I found this at Bow Street Market. You can find it at bootleggers and most most fine. What do you what 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 sticks with you on this kind of? You gotta flip it. So Aaron, it's fine. Well, if you're gonna ask him a question, yeah. You know. What? Um, take another take another full flip of the. Swish it around like a sommelier. See, I like that because uh, with the weather kind of becoming a little cooler, a little crisper, it's a very hearty, very kind of robust beer, perfect for a nice, you know, fall or early winter's eve. So definitely not a summer ale. It's not no, like you you and drinking on the Fourth of July. No. It is it is heavier. There are different kinds of basic porters and stouts. And a popular one you might see is Milk Stout. Now, Milk mm -hmm. Stout doesn't have any milk in it. Do you know how it got the name Milk Stout? I do not, Mueller. Okay. It got the name <laughs> Milk Stout because it has, like, some flavor, some different... <laughs> live, 
live It's like Kermit TV. the Frog doing Sesame Street News. <laughs> so this is live. This is unedited, un unproduced. So it, it has it, its flavor profile. Please gives it, tell me all about yeah, it. It has it has a lot of things in it that flavor that has like milky taste, almost like spoiled milky taste in a way, but um, a lot of flavor to it. And it got its popularity I think in about the 1600s, 1700s. Um, they actually marketed it to women who had just had birth to help them lactate or lact just gave birth just gave recently gave birth all right uh, to help to help birth. in the development of their of uh, breastfeeding their kids so congratulations you've made it through nine months of pregnancy you get to have a drink again Nicole, we're gonna did you hear that we're gonna That's give you this really wrong. strong beer to help your kid out um Teach them right. See, that's that's what happens. So that's milk out. This is actually yeah. a lot about the Irish. Yeah, it, uh, actually in the English too. So this is an oatmeal stout. Uh, the oatmeal gives it a very unique sweetness to it. Question. Uh, question. Yes. So does it count as breakfast because it has milk and oatmeal? It does not. It does not have nutritional value. Uh, the, the a lot of beers earlier beers did use oats in it. Um, and so that carried over to the stout. Um, it was, it was kind of a, it was kind of thing. So there's, um, you certainly get a more hearty feel to beer when they're made with, with oats and stuff. So. Very chewy. It's not, it, and it's not a high alcohol. There are imperial stouts, which have like a lot of alcohol to it. Um, um, you know, up to like 10%. This stuff only has 5% alcohol to it. I'm flipping back and forth, you know, and so you don't have to look at me the whole time. Oh, Imper good. Imperial, like our hearty Russian friends, those guys can do the, the robust, <laughs> the robust <laughs> stuff. Oh! Right here! Right here! Oh, you I got mean, this sure. thing called it's stout. Okay. That's the cute. Russians, we'll make it We'll make it more Russian. What do you mean more Russian? We'll double the alcohol content. Yeah, one of the most... Keep you warm during the winter. One of the most well-known Imperial stouts is called Old Rasputin. So, yeah, there's... there's, there's, there's <laughs> He's a good, wise, religious man, Rasputin. <laughs> Good character. Lover of the Russian Queen. Yes. yes. Least, he really he really looked up for the Russian the so, Queen. According to the song by Boney M. Not, not the Queen. Yeah. So, um, there are also like light, less uh, sweet porters. You can get like stuff. Uh, you've heard, sometimes you hear Cole Porter. Yep, Cole Porter by Atlantic. Yeah, very, very. I like cool. his music. Cole, Cole tr Train. Yeah. Cole, whatever. The, the Gershwin jazz. Holland. Cole Train. On yeah. Disney Plus next month. My 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 philosophy for drinking beer, if you if you're not sure, if something's like really chewy, if you're new to it, you can always start off cold. And yes, you don't get as much of the flavor, but it's a little bit smoother. But yeah, and hi Poppy. Poppy is also joining us for beer night too. But this she's is looking how up. she feels about beer night. She, she does not like she's stout not apparently because she's giving beer. her she's giving us her opinion on stout. So that's um that's uh, those are like your more traditional. But in 1959, the Irish who were pretty much, I would say the, the would you say Owen and, and you correct me if I'm wrong. It seems like anything that's out of Ireland, not about what we're talking about, is very similar to the U, the English style. To an extent, yeah. To an, to an extent, yeah. Um, you do have your Irish reds. Is that like a traditional thing, or is that like a that's, is that like a marketing ploy? That's like a later, yeah, that's a that's a, a later a later thing that came into fruition. I mean, 
you know, when oh. you think of Ireland, you think of redheaded. Stuff. Yeah, you're <laughs> redheaded. You think of that? Yeah. So into the because Mark Philbrick is just wrong on all sorts of things. Cool. I'm walking near Owen. For those watching at home, I am putting my mask if I walk by on by him, and I'm gonna grab my glasses. Guinness is, I would say, if you, my philosophy, if you have to drink a traditional stout and uh, like a Guinness draft in the same night, I would. <laughs> I would start with the traditional stout, and it would be easier to move on to Guinness. If, yes, yes. Guinness is going to be, you know, for, for a stout or a stout that's an, in draft form, it's definitely on the, the lighter side. You can you can make an evening or, a, you know, for most people, a St. Patrick's Day out of, out of, out of, out of Guinness. But Guinness actually has a, has a particular interesting story. Um, the beer was actually first brewed, you know, by Arthur Guinness, and the famous story about Arthur Guinness was at the time when his beer was getting somewhat popular, he needed a larger facility, so he approached, forget who it was, but they approached um, a landlord for some space, and because at the time he didn't have much money, he agreed to, the legend goes, a 10,000 year lease, and that was in 1759, and ever since that, and it is a uh, it's been called the beer that built Dublin, which is the capital of Ireland, because at the time Guinness employed, for much of its history, uh, several thousand workers from brewers. There's an interesting part where they would actually make, they had uh, coopers that would make their own barrels for transporting of Guinness. So uh, Guinness is a staple for Ireland and is probably the most well-known thing about about that. So Another hurt. About that. Another to our Canadian brothers. Another um, kind of right. interesting story, <laughs> by the way, and I've poured my two, and I, I want you to see what it looks like before it kind of starts losing its uh, foam. This is my Guinness, and this is my Murphy's, and we'll talk about that a little. But before we get into the Guinness draft, <laughs> that sounds like a sporting event. The Guinness, Tom Brady's the Guinness draft. Uh, the um, Guinness promised every like UK. Um, slash Ireland soldier, or maybe just UK in World War II, like a pack of Guinness for for Christmas one year, and it turned out. By the way, would you like to sip that? Why don't you sip that? And you're going to tell us your opinion in a second. Oh, I am. Yeah. Okay. Well, you're going to vote on the two. You don't like. I know you don't like either of these beers, but you have to decide the age-old question for it. So is Guinness okay, or Murphy's well, you better? Let me know. This is uh, Mur Murphy's on, and this. Is I Guinness. know. I watched you pour. So it, they were behind on on their production goal of being able to do it. And all these different people who were retired from the Guinness factory came out and volu basically volunteered to come back to work so that they could make the, uh, make the beer. Make and, the quota? Yeah, make the beer in time for the Christmas gift to, to honor that to the soldiers. So that was a pretty cool story. What year was that? Somewhere 1940-something, World War II. So not during the Great World War One. No, no, no. Christmas no, no. Eve. No, no. Spectacular. So, but get and and otherwise it might have Guinness may have still even then. I mean Ireland even then may not have made a real huge impact on the map even after Guinness came along until 1959 when they were deciding to do an anniversary brew and they decided to uh, make their beer look a lot 
like this. Well, it kind of looks the same if you even if you do the traditional style, but they did something really unique. I don't, I've been trying to do a lot of research if they were the first to ever do it. I think it is. I think they definitely beat Murphy's to Are it. Are you talking about the widget? Just uh, this nitrogen in general. Yes. yes. They added oh, nitrogen. They have a thingy too. And yeah. if you notice, if you ever drink anything, any beer with nitrogen, it is a lot smoother. It's usually got a lighter flavor because of the. It's got a lighter flavor to it. Yeah, you can you can you can drink a you can drink a more of it before you start feeling full because it doesn't have that regular carbonation. It has a lot softer feel uh, to it. And it's the nitrogen. So when you initially pour a Guinness or Murphy's or something that has a a stout or more of a has nitrogen infused into it. When you initially pour it, the beer gets very cloudy as it hits the glass. And what they call that effect is they call it the surge. So when the beer hits it, the nitrogen is trying to escape. And as the nitrogen releases out of the beer and forms, that's when you get the nice, uh, thick head uh, <laughs> uh, on, on the top of, of, of your nitrogen-infused beers. And that's, that's a staple of nitrogen-infused beers is this layer that, you know... And, there's debates on how you do that. You do just you sip it. Do you drink the beer through? The I think you do. Yeah, I, I've heard you Straw. drink it through. You drink it Straw. through the foam, mm -hmm. and it gets the best flavor. That's the you, best flavor. If you notice, like if you pick up a can of Guinness Draft, you're gonna look at it and you're like, "What is this Guinness Drought? Was there a drought of Guinness? It, it's spelled D R A U G H T, but it's Draft. It's I don't know if it's Gaelic or whatever or, but. If you see what looks appears to be drought, it's really draft. Um, and you can get Would you it. Would like, like the teacher's explanation? No. Okay. And then you can get it in, if you get into the bar, still, if you get into the bar, especially, I mean, Guinness has a really serious program of, like, certifying their bars to teach it, yeah. to, for in, it. In, in Ireland, in Ireland, you know, people say beer and Guinness, you know, when you have Guinness in Ireland, it tastes a lot different than Guinness here and in other parts of the world. And some people say it's because Guinness, it, it's unpasteurized or, or what have you. More, It's more tuned to the fact that the Guinness factory regulates if you're a pub in Ireland and you serve Guinness, which mostly all pubs in Ireland do. They regulate how the beer is done. They set up the taps. And from what I've been told, it's more about the, the ratio of the nitrogen to carbon dioxide, which is standardized. So when they come set you up, it's they think uh, it's like a fifty-fifty ratio. It's a whole there's a whole science if you see them playing with the tap in a bar. Yeah. Um, and I won't go into it. Like a lot of people are good. You can go. You can go to the Guinness uh, factory or brewery and learn how to pour a perfect pipe. They have a little bar on the mm -hmm. top. Um, but over the time, the these little cans, they've started making a version you can do at home. And over the year, they've actually, I want to say they've gotten better. The quality's gotten better. Much better. Much better. Yeah. It, it's a lot. It's not, I mean, it's not quite as good as the bar, but it's getting close. Mm -hmm. Very much so. You want any sort of Guinness or Murphy's or anything like that, you want it in the can because the can's going to preserve that freshness and get you the full nitrogen, nitrogenization that you want. Yeah. And the bottle, the bottles are nice, but it doesn't give you the full, the right size that's right in the glass. No. Now here's here's the thing. If you if you want to pick up some Guinness and give it to somebody, you might want to check this. You want to you want to make sure you're getting. In most cases, you want to get the draft unless you know they like the extra stout. The extra stout is going to be a lot more like 
the traditional stout that we were drinking earlier, mm -hmm. regular carbonated, heavier. Um, and the the beautiful thing about Guinness, it's I I call it the gateway to stouts. Even if you don't like stout, I don't drink a ton of stouts. Mm -hmm. You bring me some Guinness, and I will I will drink it. And you will have a new best friend. Yes, I will be your best friend for a long time. And uh, no, and because I mean it's smooth. And here's the other thing: uh, part of the part of the process, they they roast the barley. And that's what makes it different than a lot of, it gives it a different color than your traditional beer. But it's not really that heavier, particularly no. if you get the draft. It has the same amount of calories as, I'm trying to think, was it actually Bud or Bud Light? It's roughly, it's roughly per ounce, it's roughly about 10 calories. So, you know, a 15, 15 or a, this, this thing of Guinness, which is... 14.9 ounces is about 150 calories. Yeah. 50, it's only 15 more calories than um, the same size serving as Bud Light. Mm -hmm. So it is, you could technically call it a light beer. Um, so in the great debate, um, Aaron tried both of these. No, I did not. Did, all right, so did you try your Guinness? Try, try Guinness. Try Guinness. Try Guinness. She's probably going to give the gag. Okay. That's a Guinness. And this is Murphy. Murphy's also has been around since the 1700s, but it's not... Yeah, she's not a big fan of either. She's not a fan of heavier beers to begin with or, or you know. Murphy's has been around for the same amount of time, but it really wasn't marketed much outside of Ireland until the 80s. And, and Murphy's is... Okay, hang on. Nope. Whatever this one was... Yep. It was more watery. Really? Yeah. Is that the Murphy's? Yeah. So it's a debate. Um, some people, oh, some people think the God, Guinness. Like, yeah. There's, if if you had to drink, if you had to drink one of them, which Me one would you? Either because they taste like shit. Are oh, you gonna cast God. a vote? Well, you're also drinking like your little sweet. I'm cocktail. I am drinking with, a Cape Cod. Which is going to make it taste terrible when you drink anything no, else. No, no, because I purposely stopped drinking when you said I needed to do taste test. And that was like two hours ago, because so, now you haven't shut up since. So, yeah. unfortunately... I'm going to grab this little spray bottle of alcohol and like... What? Like, you're going to... With what you're alcohol. drinking, you're going to get no. diabetes before you get a buzz. So... My issue, no. My issue. no, 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 uh, stop. Sh that runs through my veins. Yeah, yeah. If, if you look at a can of Murphy's, and Murphy's is, you know, not as well known as Guinness, just because of, Murphy's is popular down in the south of Ireland in County Cork, and, you know, they, they, it's just a different, most people will drink Murphy's, or another popular one is actually a stout called Beamish. And mm. if there's two of those are drinking, but most, most, in most places in Ireland, you're going to be, most people are drinking Guinness. It's just, that's the way it is. Do they have anything lighter? They do. They have Coors over there, Aaron. So you'd be just oh, fine. Oh, sweet you'd, Jesus. You'd, you'd, you'd be just fine. I bet they have McDonald's, too, in Dublin. And like, see, people are thrilled oh. to go check that out. But see, Thank you, for me, Jesus. Guinness is like, reminds me of the warm Irish welcome, hello. Guinness, Murphy's, on the other hand, is, you know, the side of the Irish when, you know, you upset them, you piss them off. <laughs> is that little, why it tastes like water? A little bitter, 
See, yeah. to me, like, to okay. me. But I agree. There is there is that like watery taste. Okay, like thank a, you. There is it's that not, see, taste. it's not just me. Oh, yeah. So it, it's kind of weird because to me. So that's, that explains why Mark Philbrick likes it because he likes watery beer. Some people will say so Guinness is more watery. Some people will say Murphy's is more watery. I think it's more bitter. It is very much more bitter. But funny, one of the marketing uh, angles for Murphy is they market itself as they called um, the friendly. They called themselves like the friendly stout because they w thought they weren't as bitter. Well, oh, oh, I have something to say about that. So that re I have a connection. So that reminds me of Gimbal's wanted to be the friendly store, the helpful store. Back in the day. Uh, so so basically Murphy's is the, gimbal. is the, gimbals, is the gimbals of to Guinness's Macy's. And, 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 so here we go. So you guys can't see me because you're looking at and, Owen's ugly face. But I've got the cans over here and I'm like demonstrating yeah. this and explaining this to the men folk. Yeah. And apparently. So to me, to me, to me, this is more bitter. The Murphy's is Murphy's more bitter. Is very much which more some bitter. people like. I think the two people that we were chatting with, Owen, I think the other night on the phone, yep. that like the Murphys better, typically like more bitter beer. That is very true. That so that's very true. Fast. That is very bit. true. Well, one likes more bitter beer. The other's standard is Bush Latte, so we can't give that person any credit. Uh, and, 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 and like and, natural and, light and with natural like grapefruit. And... Oh, wait. Let me guess who you were talking who to. Who am I talking about? You were talking about the... Um, Muppet Tease, Mr. Randall, no, and no. the redonkulous well, Mr. Philbrick. Yes. Yeah. Well, Randall's the one that likes the bitter yeah, beer, yeah, and yeah, Mark yeah. likes I'm not the dumb. Lord, the Lord, the Lord Holiness of Lyman, Mr. Mark Philbrick. <laughs> so poor Mike. Mark is not here to defend himself. He doesn't need to defend himself. We know what the deal is. <laughs> he, he is giving his, he is giving us a lot of information about. Don't say it because this is going to go on YouTube too. Uh, about what stouts. His reaction to stouts—a little too much information. But he, let's just say, he likes stouts. Mark imagine. and stout. Mark and stout are wait, cool. Wait, wait, wait. This is so. This is considered a stout. Yes. Yes. Okay. I know why he likes it, but yeah. I won't say it on the so, video. So yeah. <laughs> stout. Stout is a. Stout is a. Actually, stout is a type of porter. Yes, Technically. Yes. Am I wrong? All right. So family tree. Family tree. It does you not have, branch. You have beer overall, and then you have laggers and ale, and we talked about it a couple weeks ago. And so this is a type of ale. They can't see you so, explaining this, dear, because it's probably not looking good. at you. So um, porters are a kind of ale, and stouts are a kind of porter. So it's a, another... Are they, are they cousins? Kind of. Are yeah. they siblings? We don't know. Are they so anyway, grandchildren's? That was our little toast tonight. We went on longer, but we had a special guest. And two, two special, special guests. guests. Three special guests. So, the so, my lovely wife, Erin. Cheers. Cheers. Owen. Cheers. Cheers. And um, I don't uh, want to get your corona over there. To myself, and we will. Everyone stay healthy and happy out there. Until we meet again. Until we meet again. Until we meet again. To you and yours. God bless. Thank you for joining us on this trip down memory lane. 
we do have a few more old segments that we may include in a future episode. Till then, we hope that you'll continue to listen to our show on Anchor, Spotify, or Apple Podcasts, and follow us at the Main Hike and Brew Crew Facebook page. Till then, we hope to see you along the trail, and cheers! Cheers!